So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is Aaron LeBauer, your host, and today my special guest is Stephanie McMillan. Stephanie is a public floor therapist and birth doula and a birth specialist um, at uh, Full Circle PT. Um, Stephanie has uh, only just started her cash practice, but she's got some amazing results in just her first year because she was one of those people that knew what she wanted and she went out and got it. So I wanted to bring her on the show and share a little bit about what she's done so you can get some of the same results as she did. Um, so Stephanie, thanks for joining us on the show today. Appreciate you being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I think one of the first things I always like to ask people is, um, why physical therapy? Like, how'd you get from being in high school <laughs> to being a doctor of physical therapy? Like, can you give us a little bit, like, was there something that happened or a reason you decided to join our profession? Yeah, I, for a really long time, I thought that I wanted to be an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. um, I've always loved, like, since probably the age of 13, 14, have always been fascinated with pregnancy and childbirth. So for a really long time, I thought I was going to go that route um, and become an ob gyne. And then I kind of learned um, pretty quickly that they their background in birth education is really more framed in a medicalized uh, model. Mm -hmm. And it's not really um, from the scope of physiologic birth. Um, and so I just kind of came to the conclusion early on that like, okay, that's not the right career path for me because that's not really how I want to support moms. Yeah. And so I was thinking of like, what else I could possibly do? And um, at the time, my high school counselor was like, have you ever thought about women's health physical therapy? And now like thinking back on it, right? Like she probably was a patient <laughs> because <laughs> some people still don't even know um, pelvic floor physical therapy is a thing and that it exists. So she suggested it and I had never heard of it. And she was like, you know, maybe you should reach out to like a clinic that does that and try to do some shadowing or like observation because mm -hmm. maybe that'll be the thing, you know, that you want to do. And so I did, and um, of course, like loved it instantly. And it was like, definitely, this is the career path for me. So going into physical therapy school, I did that with the sole purpose of becoming like a pelvic floor therapist. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So was there something like, what experience did you have when you were like, you know, you said 13, 14, where you realized like you wanted to be involved in like birth, labor, delivery, stuff like that? Yeah, I think I just like, it was always like when I would see pregnant bellies, it's just was so fascinating, like that women can literally grow human beings. Um, it's <laughs> right? Just, right? It's mind blowing. Like I think for anyone, you yeah. when you really sit down and think about it, um, it's truly miraculous. And so there's also a lot of things, you know, when you start learning about birth um, that women go through and we just don't get the care that we need to get. Mm -hmm. um, all we really have after we grow that baby for almost a full year, then birth that baby from our body. It's like, we only have like one follow-up appointment with our doctor. And so right. it just seemed like there was a better way to kind of go about these things. And 
the yeah. more I learned, the more I like got propelled on that path. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. So going into PT school, were you like, I'm going to graduate and open my own business or you were just like, I'm going to graduate and yeah, go help I, <laughs> I feel like we don't learn. It's so sad. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about this too, but in physical therapy school, there's like zero preparation for like what it means to be a business owner, um, especially like going into a cash-based route, like little to no um, guidance or knowledge about that. So it's really presented only one way, which is that you're going to work for another institution and you'll make a certain salary and that, you know, that's really what life is going to be like. Yeah which never sounded appealing right from the beginning um, because my background always was kind of before I went into grad school, the clinical experiences that I had and the observation stuff that I did was always for small private practices, um, which spent, you know, quality time with their patients one-on-one -on -one for, you know, an hour each session. So I already knew that being in like you know, the PT mill kind of situation where you have multiple patients and how are, I knew that wasn't for me, but I never knew that cash PT was a, a possibility. And I never really at that point saw myself as being like a business owner um, yeah. kind of setting. Yeah. So, um, that's interesting. Um, did, I mean, do you feel like PT school helps you become an, a good employee or even give you in, how do I, you know, like have a career that's fulfilling? I mean, was there any of that for you? No, I mean, I think one huge thing that's missing that like really needs to start being discussed more mm -hmm. is burnout, like in the, in our career field. I mean, it is, I was so burnt out and I didn't even know I was burnt out. You know what I mean? And so it's just like anything done in excess, really you're going to burn out and yeah. what's, what used to be maybe your passion and something that you really, really loved doing kind of becomes a burden when you have to do it to a certain extent, you know, where it's like, you have to work 40 hours a week just to make ends meet. Cause you're not, yeah. The ratio of like your student loan debt to like what you're making as a doctor of physical therapy, just like, isn't cutting it. Yeah. Um, what, so what was it specific burning? I mean, did you have like a boss breathing on your shoulder? Was it just like, you didn't have enough money to pay loans or not enough time to go out with friends? What was the Yeah, thing? I had a fantastic boss who was a wonderful mentor to me for years, um, but I was working at a small private practice that accepted insurance. And so I was making, you know, the hourly rate I was paid per patient that I saw. And at the rate I was making, it just wasn't a livable salary to, you know, pay for your mortgage and your utilities and then also your student loans. And so in order to, you know, make ends meet, I had to work. 40 hours a week. I had to take on a bunch of side jobs like teaching and doing birth doula work. And I still wasn't, it just still wasn't enough. Um, yeah. and so, you know, having to work that many hours a week just is not sustainable yeah. over time. What and would I have been enough? For... I'm just, I'm just curious, like what would have been enough? Like what would have the salary been that you would have been like, yeah, this is great. This is enough. Um, probably at, at the time in the mindset, cause I've, my mindset about mm -hmm. money and finances has changed drastically, um, since the career changes that I've made and since going through the mastermind. Um, but at the time I probably would have been okay with like 80,000, I would have been yeah. like, great. 
this is a good salary for, you know, a graduated doctor of physical therapy in the field. Of course, that hopefully would grow also like yearly, right, with getting raises and things like that. Um, I think that I would have been at the time okay with that. Now, I mean, now I, I wouldn't be, you know, my... <laughs> the view on finances is just wildly different. So yeah. do you think you could ever go back? No, to, yeah. oh my God, no. And I knew that I felt that in the first day that I saw patients in my cash mm -hmm. practice, I was like, oh, oh my God, no. Like, why didn't I do this sooner? I'll never go back to doing it any other way. I mean, like overwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. What is that? Like, what does that feeling mean to you? Like, what, like, what was it that you felt that you were like, oh my gosh, like, I can't go back. This is exactly what I want to be doing. Just to have the flexibility, one of working less hours in the clinic and mm -hmm. making, you know, drastically more money, which yeah, just having the freedom of your time to do that, that alone just felt like a huge weight off. Like, oh, I can still pay my bills and like, and then some working half of the hours that I worked in clinic. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like being able to also have flexibility of my schedule mm -hmm. because as a birth doula, it's a very unpredictable <laughs> um, career path. And so right. I'm on call all the time. And when I get called into a birth, if I have a day's full of patients, I have to go to the birth. So I have to cancel my day. And I had zero flexibility in yeah. my old job, like none at all. And so I would have to open up hours outside of my like work hours in order to make up patients. And so now having the ability, like, oh, I got called to a birth on Thursday. I'm going to see them on Saturday instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's awesome. I mean, we had so to we had to play calendars to get this event to happen because you had a couple yes. of births come up and babies come when they want to come. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? So how did you get into being a birth? Like, are you like a certified doula, or did yeah. you just learn? I mean, how how did that come about? And what's the what's your certification in? Like, you're not a midwife; you're a birth doula. And right. A PT, right? Okay. Yep. I'm a certified birth and postpartum doula. Um, basically what happened is I always knew I wanted to work in birth in some aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of got introduced to women's health physical therapy and I was like, oh, great. I'll be working with pregnant women prenatally and then treating them postpartum. It'll be wonderful. But what was happening and what I noticed really early on is that the clients that I was working with prenatally all of a sudden they would discharge and go have their babies. And then I'd see them six weeks, eight weeks, something like that after their births. And they'd come back in for postpartum care. And what was happening is they would come in. And I mean, this was like over and over and over again. And they would sit down in the chair and I'd be like, how are you? Like, how was your birth? Instant in tears, you know? And they would be sharing with me these just horror stories, unfortunately, of you know, I was induced, you know, early and I was in labor for three days and then it ended in a C-section or I pushed for four and a half hours. And then the doctor said they had to cut an episiotomy and use forceps. And then I tore even more than that. And now I can't sit or, you know, I can't breastfeed comfortably. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm incontinent. I mean, lots of awful things. And so I just kept wondering, like, what is the disconnect between, caring for these women and they're, I know that they're well and that they're prepared physically and mentally to go mm -hmm. into the birth space. And then all of a sudden they're coming out and 
something right in the mix that's that's going wrong. Um, and so I wanted to learn more about that and more about physiologic birth and kind of what happens in that process. And in learning about it, women, it's, it's really anatomical and scientific, which is so amazing. Um, but our brains, when we're in labor, we traverse different brainwave states in order to get through the intensity of what it means to have a baby. And so our brainwaves, as we progress, start getting slower and slower and slower. And so once you're really in active labor, um, you are no longer, women like are, are not capable of like speaking and advocating for themselves. Like it's too intense of an experience. And so you know, I mean, your husband, of course, loves you and is there with you, but they don't know how to advocate for your needs. Um, it's kind of similar. I always think about it to like mentorship. Yeah. It's like, you know, if, if you've never climbed Mount Everest before, like you're not going to do that without hiring like a Sherpa or someone to like take you through, you're going to have someone with you and, and childbirth is no different. And so, you know, it's been proven in the research and in the literature that hiring a doula um, to support you during these times lowers C-section rates, lowers use of, you know, analgesics. I mean, all kind of increases birth satisfaction, decreases trauma, um, lots of good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we had a good birth plan. We worked with a midwife, but yet, you know, I, there, there's also that dynamic of like, I'm really well prepared, but I'm also like my wife's husband and, you know, like probably didn't have to say anything to me. She was like, you know, get out of my way. Stop doing this. Do yeah. that. You're like, <laughs> I can't read her mind, but having someone there, like our midwife was kind of like really that bridge that we needed versus, yes. a, versus a doula. And that was super helpful. And I can see where a lot of people are missing that because there's yeah. just this dynamic is even if you're, if, if the partner is there and they're well-prepared, they just aren't either experienced or can't read your mind you know, totally. yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of fail to realize that, you know, your OBGYN, they're not actually coming in the room to really do anything with you until it's mm -hmm. time to like push out the baby. Like they're coming in at the end to catch the baby. And so in the meantime, which can be well over 24 hours, even your nurses are only coming in and out here and there. You're pretty much in there alone with your partner. And so if you don't know what to do or you don't know this is normal, it can be kind of a scary right. and a little bit of a traumatizing experience. So yeah. thus I went back and got some certifications um, so that I could add that um, to what I what I do, you yeah. know, in my business. That's awesome. So you were how long were you doing that kind of as like a side hustle um, you know, before like before, like you you were already doing like a couple births a month, right? Yep. I was doing so my old employer only supported me in doing one mm -hmm. because I mean, obviously the unpredictability and having to like leave work and stuff like that, I kind of understand. Um, but so I was only doing one a month before I started the mastermind mm -hmm. and I had been doing it. I had that kind of as a side business for two years prior yeah. to starting. Okay. Awesome. And so, yeah. um, let's say, uh, what was happening? Like right before you wanted to start your practice and we talked, you know, what was going on in, whether it was your life or business or just a job where you're like, I need to make a change and, and do this on my own. Like what was happening then? Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned and alluded to before, it's when you're working and you're working, you're like in the middle of the grind and you're mm -hmm. working that many hours a week, like you almost don't even have time to like realize that you're burned out. Cause it's just like, okay, go home after a 10 hour, 12 hour work day, eat, shower, sleep, get up and do it again over and over and over. And so 
I don't think I actually had an understanding of the level of burnout that I was experiencing until COVID came on the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, when COVID happened, the clinic that I was working for, we closed for two and a half months. And so right now I'm no longer treating patients. So I'm no longer responsible for working like 40 hours a week. I'm no longer teaching because that all went away in that early time. Now all I'm doing is supporting one birth a month. So I went from being extremely overwhelmed and having like no life outside of working, working, working to now I'm home with nothing going on. And I immediately in my system just felt this, like, you cannot go back to that. So figure it out now while you're off of work, mm -hmm. when you actually have time to read and to research and to reach out and figure out what you're going to do, like do it now because there's just no way um, I could go back to that kind of environment. And I knew that immediately. Yeah. Right on. So you've got right now at your practice, full circle birth and pelvic health, right? Yes. Um, it's you and you've got a, another person working for you as a doula, right? Yeah. And you're yep. just, you just celebrated your one year anniversary in business. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I think like in your first, can I just share a couple things? Like I went your first month, you did something around $10,000 your first month and 170 ish thousand in your first year in business, right? Yeah. So I just totaled the numbers actually before popping on this call so I could have some specifics. Yeah. But in my first week of business, I made 10K, nice. um, a little bit yeah. over 10K. And then um, I rounded out my year at 180, like a 900 something. So wow. that's almost awesome. 181. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. That's Thank super awesome. You. It's like mind blowing, honestly, but yeah. so amazing because, you know, when I started, even when I started the mastermind, I knew I was going to do this. I my mind and my mentality at the time still didn't realize like it could be what it could be. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, I just want to make $4,000 a month or $5,000. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. It's like, you have really no concept of how much it can grow and what your income can actually look mm -hmm. like um, until you get going with it. And so that's my first few months in business. It was like this constant, like, push or like this in my face, like your goals are too small. <laughs> like you, you think you set appropriate goals. You did not. And each week, each month, like it was just became more and more clear, yeah. you know, that I needed to, uh, level up how right. I you know, was viewing everything. That's awesome. And you're treating patients. You're not treating patients like 40 hours a week. You're doing what two or three days of treating and you have like three or so births a month, something like that. Yeah. So I treat now two days a week. Um, and then every other Saturday I'll do like a little shift. Um, mm -hmm. but I do two days. So really 16 hours a week, sometimes yeah. 20. Um, Dude, that's awesome. So you're not like yeah. making more money and working 10 times as hard. No, no, it's, it's interesting. And I'm sure you, you feel this way too. And if you feel like speaking about it, go right ahead. But mm -hmm. when you have your own business, like I am still working all the time. You know what I mean? Like I'm working 24 seven now. However, <laughs> um, it's so different. Um, I don't even know how to really describe it. Like I'm, I am working significantly less with what feels like work and patient care, but I'm, I'm still working 24 seven, but it's so much more enjoyable. It's so much more like purposeful and impactful and meaningful to me. Like it doesn't feel like a burden, which is what it felt like before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it becomes like, if it's your passion, it's not work, it's fun. 
Exactly. Like this is my work, but I love doing that. You know, I love doing this. Which is like the biggest blessing in the world to get into a gig that's like that. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So um, I think the question is, is had, I guess the big question, everyone's like, well, how'd you make that much money? And how'd you do like, how'd you do it? I know there's like, we don't have like five days to go through all the details, but if there was two or three things that you did that you think made like the biggest difference, like what would you say those were for you? I think the first, the main thing um, was getting a mentor, like having you as my mentor, like someone who's done it before, someone who's done cash PT, who knows what that process looks like. Um, Because, you know, what I found myself doing during those two and a half months that I was off and had all this time to my disposal, I was like, let me get my hands on some books, right? Let me start like reading and researching. And so I had ordered um, a couple different like cash PT books. One of them was yours. And um, shortly after I I had gotten yours, I I think I don't remember exactly how it went, but basically I saw you posted something on Instagram. And I was just like, hmm, let me like answer this and slide into his DMs and see what's going on. Um, and so it was something like that where like I got your book, had it, re- was reading it somehow connected with you on Instagram. And then I was just like, this is the right thing to do. This is, I just like knew, like, I need to get on the call with this person. I need to talk with them. Um, I just think mentorship allows you, because I kind of think if I had, I've thought about this many times, like if I had tried to just do everything and learn everything on my own, sure, I could have done it. Mm -hmm. However, I would not have I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would be in business for myself fully, or if I would be trying to like do it as a side hustle, as I like move out of my other position and try to like make it all work. Um, so I think hiring a mentor and like getting yourself in something like that for accountability and for, to really just like maximize your time. Cause I think that is what propelled me forward so quickly that I was able to like implement, 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 and then end up just like making moves at a faster rate um, that were correct and that I didn't have to like go back and fix and change so many things. Um, so yeah, I feel like mentorship was like my number one. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. Was yeah, there yeah. like a, was there something like where, were you like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I should do it on my own. Or were you ever hesitant to like say, oh, you know, spending that kind of money on myself for my business is a bad decision? No, I felt very strongly from the start, like from a women's intuition is strong. And I feel like I had moments of that multiple times where I was like, I just know this is the right thing to do and I just need to do it. Um, But then once, you know, once you and I had our like breakout call or whatever with that first like roadmap call is that you do, where you kind of go over like the next 90 days, kind of give me things to be working on. After that call, I for sure was like, okay, I have all these little voices in my head being like, this is scary. And are you sure? But then I was just like, nope, you're paying for this. You're doing this. You're just going to follow it and go all in and just see what happens. And so I definitely had moments where I had to like, you know, push into an uncomfortable space, but the most amazing things like always came out of it. So that like made me trust more and more and more and more as I went. Very cool. What were um, some of the first things that uh, you did um, that started getting you like to make $10,000 your first week open? Like what what were some of the things that led up to that? Um, I, luckily I felt like 
I had been kind of just because my career is like a niche field. Um, I had spent years making connections in the community and like fostering these relationships. And so part of, you know, my plan, my first thing you gave me was to quit my job. And even that I was like, wait, 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 I don't know. Are you sure? Um, and then I just did it and it was amazing, but um, I think those connections and when we started talking about like the dream 100 and building out your list of connections, I had already done so much work with that, mm -hmm. that I started, I opened up my doors to a full schedule immediately. So I think that that was just amazing in terms of, you know, I didn't have to like go out and market to individuals and like find all of these clients. Like I just had, you know made such good relationships that I had a study stream and I still do of people coming my way. Um, so yeah, like to any physical therapists out there, do not, um, the dream 100, like do not sleep on it. <laughs> it is making connections in your community, getting in with like, for me, local mom groups, like all of the different little breastfeeding support groups, like all of the things that you wouldn't necessarily think of, um, mm -hmm. really just helped so much yeah. because I, again, now I have the, the opposite problem where I have so many clients coming in and I don't want to increase and work any more clinic hours. So now I'm looking to hire a physical therapist, which is a great problem to have. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's already time to grow, which is lovely. That's so. awesome. You know, one of the questions people always ask me when I say, Hey, you know, go out and make sure you, you know, go through your dream 100, connect with other people. They're like, well, what do I say to someone to book in a, like a workshop or something like that? Do you have any, like, tips or like, like, how do you start creating a brand new connection with someone? Like, what are some of the things that you do to build like trust in your community? Yeah. Um, usually I will reach out to someone and I'll be like, Hey, like I see what you're doing or like whatever it is like in the community. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. Like I also work with this type of clientele. Um, and I would love to meet with you or to grab a coffee, um, and just chat a little bit more how we mm -hmm. might be able to, you know, help these women even more, you know, by becoming resources for one another. And then usually, I mean, people that work in this niche, like they're all thankfully like really open <laughs> to like, oh yeah, for sure. Like I love to collaborate. Um, so yeah, it just depends on what, what it is I'm trying to do. I've done so many things I've offered and found that again, with your dream 100, you could be using it to get patients on your schedule. You could be using it to build your social media. You could be using it to push out your lead magnet. I mean, there's so many ways to leverage it. So depending on what that is, I mean, I've taken over um, and done like some Q and a stuff on big Instagram accounts that are in kind of my niche. And I've taken over as the pelvic floor therapist and done Q and A's with their audience and then ended up getting hundreds of followers from that, you know, or, mm -hmm. and then of course, within that you plug your lead magnet or whatever. And so you can generate and get some people on your email list. And so there's just a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, like physical therapists in general, I think we're very creative. We're really good at talking with people. Um, so use your creativity. I also have offered um, to treat other like providers and other people to show them that like what I do is different. And so sometimes I'll like yeah. trade services like, you know, with an acupuncturist or something like that so that they can see that what I do is not at all what they think of when they think of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting. So I, I think, think the first thing I heard you say, Stephanie, was kind of like 
how do we help these women? And really yeah. what you're doing is you're making that connection about not me and the patients I need, but it's about who are we serving, right? It's about yeah. someone else. I think that's- Yes, it's always, always about the clients and right. how we can help, you know, capture women in the postpartum period mm -hmm. that's really fragile or how we can help prepare them better for a better birth experience. Um, yeah, I always frame it um, in terms of helping the client. Yeah, yeah so. that's awesome. And when you're doing like a trade, are you just like straight up treating them like for what you see or are you just showing, hey, here's what a sample like session work looks like? How does that go for you? Like, what do you do? There? It always depends on like what I'm trying to work with them for. So mm -hmm. if I, for example, I have connected with a, in the past, I've connected with someone in the community that does a lot of like postnatal Pilates, um, which is all about, right, strengthening the core, strengthening the pelvic floor, building strength um, after childbirth. And so when I connected with them, one of the things I treat and see all the time is diastasis recti, um, which is a separation of the core. And I have a really unique way of treating that. And so when I was working with her, she had a residual diastasis. And so I'm like, perfect. Let me show her how I treat this, how it's completely different than she's probably ever heard of it being treated before and how effective it is. So it just depends. Um, but yeah, if they have a main complaint or something like that, we can work on that. But I try to like target it pretty specifically. That's awesome. But just playing devil's advocate, weren't you worried that she was going to steal your techniques and start using it on her clients? No, because it's not something that you can it's hands-on like manual work. So it's not really something that you can like, just be like, Oh, I'm going to rep go replicate that. Like, yeah, it takes years to learn how to like palpate this anatomy and how to feel these different finite things that we feel as physical therapists who have developed these sensory receptors in our hands over mm -hmm. time. Um, no, that like has never really worried me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other, so you, so probably the number one way you got patients was just by you know, community, basically this community marketing strategy, um, working like the dream 100, which is like your top hundred, uh, list of people who might be referral partners in your community kind of thing. Yeah. Was there something else that you did, whether it was getting started or over the course of the last year to really help like grow your business or change your mindset or do something that really kind of propelled you along the path of success? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, word of mouth is also, especially in, I mean, for everything, but especially with what I do, women love to talk. Like we love to connect with each other. We love to talk about what's going on in our life. Um, and so if you help one pregnant mama or one postpartum mama, you better believe they're telling their sisters, their cousins, their friends, um, they spread the word and they do yeah. it very willingly. And so one thing um, that I implemented from the beginning with your recommendation was that to kind of have the conversation with all of your clients that, listen, like I have, I have goals and my goals are to really make an impact, right? On as many women as I possibly can. And in order for me to reach those goals, I'm going to need your help. Mm -hmm. Meaning like if you have a good experience and if you feel like this was a positive addition to your life and helped you to reach your goals and become more functional, please like spread the word. That's the best thing you could do for a small business. And so I've been very fortunate um, in the sense that my clients do that very willingly. Like they will not hesitate to leave me a review to, you know, reach out to other people, to post on the mom groups about their experience with me. Um, that helps a lot. That word of mouth is like the best thing that there yeah. is. Nothing beats that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super yeah. great. Yeah. I think I say all the time, like we have, we, people want to do it. We just don't ask them and we don't cultivate it. Um, word of mouth is super powerful. It's not like the only thing that'll 
grow that they can grow a business but it's like if we're not we're not uh tending that you know like and we're not growing it then you know it certainly suffers and it's a it's something that can be super powerful so that's really awesome to hear um stephanie um let's say uh let me just ask you this is there anything over the last year that you tried and you thought man i'm gonna hit hit a home run with this and it just didn't work out the way that you expected Mm, um i let me think Well, going back to just like being kind of using your creativity to like generate cash flow, Mm -hmm. I've tried a lot of things with that. So I've done paid webinars um, that have, you know, either been very successful or um, I think probably that is like kind of the trial and error with that. Like one will be super successful and I'll have a bunch of people and a Mm -hmm. bunch of people pay for that or pay and just want the replay for that. Um, and then I did do one webinar on a different topic that, you know, I had like much less engagement or people who wanted to join. And so I think it's just trial and error. I've created some online offerings, you know, some paid online courses and things like that. And kind of just like working with sometimes truly it comes down to like wording of the title or wording on the sales page that will make or break how many sales you're going to get. And um, so just kind of learning because I've never done anything like that. So it was definitely a process on mostly wording, I feel like is because I'm a physical therapist and I'm on the other side of things, it's like, I have to remember who I'm talking to (laughs) and I have to remember how to put that in, you know, you're talking about their pain points and you're talking about, we're not really selling physical therapy, right? We're selling the fact that we can, help you to have pain-free intercourse, right? Mm -hmm. With your partner and that you can go back to running because that's what you absolutely love and you won't be leaking anymore. (laughs) You know, that you're confident to go back into the gym without wearing a pad because, you know, you're afraid of all these different things that you're dealing with. So it's having, it's always like remembering that piece of it um, that I think just takes extra time and effort on my part because I'm used to speaking a certain way and like, you know, being extra anatomical and physical therapy brain. Right. And there's probably a part of you that even I would say probably dealing like for me doing more orthopedics, like I try to really like, I want to say we're dumbed down, but simplify what's happening in pictures, images, and words. So people understand what's going on in their body. And I think, would you agree that in dealing with more pelvic health stuff, we still have to, we have to simplify things, but we still, it's still important to use the right terminology that maybe people aren't very clear on. It's not day-to-day terminology so that we, you know, one professional two, show people, we know what's happening. And and three, they really understand what's going on with their bodies. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. So, right. But that's the wrong part of the brain or those are the wrong words to put on like a promotional material or sales page. A hundred percent. So it's like constantly having to like, okay, wait a minute, you know, which is, also why it's helpful to be part of like a mastermind group or to have other practitioners who are trying to do the same thing where you can be like, Hey guys, take a look at this, you know, lead magnet that I made, like, please give me some feedback. Um, and yeah, it just is really helpful to have a sounding board. Um, sometimes you can't even see that you're still doing it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You need someone else to point it out. Yeah. Or it's not. I'm so like, I'm in the opposite direction. Like I go in the clinic and I can't remember (laughs) words. I'm like, I haven't used this word or terminology in like a long time. It's kind of funny. 
Um, but yeah, it's true. It's like we have, it's like having other people take a look at something like, as you're so close to it, like having someone, you know, look at something from with outside eyes, um, they, a lot of times they can pull out things that are just sitting right in front of your face. Totally. Yeah. Right. Um, let's say Stephanie, what's, what's your plan for the next few years? Like, where are you going with your business? What, like, what do you like, like, what do you see, you know, happening in the next, you know, three to five years for you? So exciting to think about that. Um, I definitely want to hire more staff. So I was able to hire another birth doula, a postpartum doula. And then I also hired a virtual assistant kind of all in my first year. And every time I hired someone, it just took more and more off of my plate and then mm -hmm. gave me more time to be able to work on my business instead of in my business. And so I really kind of the only area that I haven't really had someone else be able to step into is the physical therapy realm. And so I would love to hire two physical therapists this year is my goal um, and have them each working at least 20 hours a week. Um, just so that, because truly, right, you, when you start your own business, like, are you an entrepreneur or did you just give yourself a job? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like that kind of mindset where if I'm not in the clinic and I'm not putting my hands on people, I still would like my business to be generating money. So how do we do that? You right. know, like you have to get other people that are going to do it um, or that can do it. The same things as you can treat patients. And for me, in my case, like step into births and kind of to do that. And so I really want to grow, add some physical therapists into the mix um, so that I can, you know, be able to work on my business a little yeah. bit more and cut down my hours. That would be ideal. That's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. we need more people like you creating amazing jobs for PTs. Exactly. <laughs> that too. Like, seriously, is that not the goal? Like yeah. I, yeah, I feel like they're like, we need to be telling other physical therapists, especially like new graduates. Like for me, I'm super passionate about women, right. Who are having babies and becoming mothers. And like, how do we have, I just think about if I was working in the, in the job that I was working before starting my own business. And I tried to like have a baby and that is not possible to work a job where you have zero flexibility, mm -hmm. where you have to put in 40 hours a week. Like it is not possible. And it doesn't have to look like that. I mean, you can literally, this is like my whole spiel is I cannot wait to hire someone who's like a new mom, who's wanting to come back to work, who needs flexibility in her schedule and, you know, needs whatever, a shorter amount of hours or whatever it is. It's like, it is possible and you can make much more money. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to work like that. You don't have to burn yourself out. You can do both. You can be a mom and you can work and it can be a beautiful thing, you know? So yeah, I'm yeah. very excited about that. I'm passionate to like help other physical therapists not to go through. Cause I did what I was doing for like seven years before mm. making this change. So it was a really long time. Yeah. That's um, awesome. To be working that hard, truly. Yeah. So um, you spent seven years work, working as an employee. You've opened your business in the last year. Um, besides like money, you know, and not feeling as burnt out, what I think, what else has changed for you in your business, your life? Yeah. I mean, I have so much more time to. I love to travel um, and it's really hard to take time off and to go and travel mm -hmm. um, when you work for someone else. Like, you know how that goes when you go into your boss's office and you're like putting in for your paid time. It's just, 
yeah, so I can travel all the time now whenever I want because um, I can adjust my hours or I can take a whole week or two weeks off. And so I, over the last year, I was able to take a multitude of trips um, in the U.S. and out of the U.S. And I, you know, I took off two weeks around Christmas time. I mean, I just had the freedom to travel more, which is what I love to spend more time with my family. Um, it was so hard because I wasn't in order to do that where I was before. Again, it was just really difficult. It's like, okay, I have, you know, a couple hours to myself. I have to now get groceries. I have to prep food. I have to try to see my family who I love and like want to see. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the extra time to do that. And so even on my times when I was outside of work, I was constantly scrambling to like get it all done. Um, and I don't have to do that anymore. So I just can enjoy, you know, spending the day with my nephew if I want to do that or, you know, going in, hanging with my mom and dad or traveling and that freedom. Um, it's literally priceless. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. Congratulations. That's so dope. Yeah. Thank <laughs> That's so you. Great. If there were like one or two things, uh, like, um, you know, like from your experience, any advice for someone else who either wants to is trying, is waiting to get started or wants to scale up their practice, you know, and hire other people, what would your, what would your best advice be or, you know, strategies you could, you know, share or something like that? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is like letting go of the need to be perfect. Um, it's such a physical therapist thing. Like we're very type A, we're very like OCD organized. Like that's just the personality type that we see predominantly, like predominantly in our career fields. Um, so being able to let that go, that's been a constant thing for me. Like it's okay if I'm not the only one doing births, like it's okay to have someone else who I trust be taking on births. Like it's okay. It doesn't always have to be me, um, putting out offerings and putting out lead magnets. Like they don't have to be like, don't hold on to it, trying to really perfect it and make it absolutely, you know, immaculate before you send it out. Like, just do it. You have to just learn to take action. If something needs to be tweaked, like you can go back. Um, but I've constantly had to remind myself of that. It's like, I waited, to put out my online course for such a long time because I was waiting for it to be exactly how I wanted it to be. And then I, you know, I mean, was reminded by you, <laughs> um, just get it out there and just start selling it, like start selling it first and then, you know, do what you have to do. And if you need to make additions to it, or if you need to change things, you can do that, but you can be making money from it now. <laughs> so right. what are you sitting on it for? Um, so I think just being quick to implement taking action, not wanting to make everything perfect, like just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably the best advice and I'm still working on that, but, um, it gets easier and easier. It really does. Yeah, it does. I mean, I got to work on it sometimes too. It's yeah. like, I want this thing to be right before I do it. And I was like, no, I just got to do it first. It's like speed yeah. wins. So that's yeah, great. You have to constantly remind yourself about that. But yeah, that is the quote speed wins. Mm -hmm. Like just do it, just implement it, get it out there take the yeah. step, like just do it. That's so great. <laughs> Stephanie, if uh, someone wants to connect with you or um, find you online, what would be the best place to, to do that? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at doctor, um, the full word underscore Stephanie. 
Um, and then my name is spelled with an F. So it's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. So at Dr. Underscore Stephanie, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, and then my, if you want to check out my website, um, it's fullcirclept.net. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, that's really great. Thanks you much for being here. Um, yes. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you for working with me. Yeah. Um, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It's been great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been great working with you. I've seen you put in the work and almost blindly taking action and getting some result, getting some really awesome results. So that's, I love yeah. that. You know, I can't get enough. I'm like, I got to help more people. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. <laughs> that's my thing. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. So yep. it's, it, it's really great when someone uh, takes action and does the work and, you know, like, it's like, all right, I'm ready for more, you know, let's go. So um, it's yeah. been great. Um, Stephanie, I think, uh, I think oh, the only last thing I'm trying to remember is you're speaking at PT BizCon coming up. So nice. whenever hey. I'm super stoked to have you there. So whenever this episode comes out, um, you guys should come uh, hear Stephanie speak. She's going to be talking about how she uh, quit her job and built a multi-six figure practice and uh, yes. she'll be doing that PT BizCon. So yes, yes. I'll have all the good gems for you guys. Um, I'd love to, yeah, have you there. Yeah. Awesome. So when you're ready, check it out. It's ptbizcon.com. Um, and this is Aaron LeBauer and Stephanie McMillan for the Cash PT Lunch Hour. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Go out and uh, you know keep taking action. Meet some new people. Build your connections. And uh, let's crush help it. some people. Yeah, let's crush it. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice, or you already have one and you wanna learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I wanna get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there, I wanna give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.